everyone, welcome to Run Talks Fancy and Sci-Fi, I'm your host Arinda, and today we're talking about Supergirl with Bob Fossler. Supergirl is an American superhero television series. It is based on the DC Comics character Supergirl. Supergirl is a costume superheroine who is Superman's cousin and one of the last surviving Kryptonians from the planet Krypton. The series is the third series set in the Arrowverse, sharing continuity with the other television series of this franchise. I always have loved this series. I absolutely love Kara and the storyline is very well written. There are also other characters I like, but the whole superhero thing is very nice to see and I think for Young little girls who was watching this series, but also, uh, for example, seeing Wonder Woman. Uh, it's all about girl power, and I think you empower those little girls to, and inspire them to do great things. Well, today my guest is Bob Fossler. Hello, Bob. And welcome. Hello. I think, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. This is going to be fun. <laughs> Yeah, it is, it is. Um, today we're going to talk about Supergirl. And, well, you told me just now that you just saw the finale of Supergirl. And I know the the last season will not be seen everywhere. So um, let's keep that as a uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, what do you like about Supergirl in this series? It's we're talking about the Netflix series, of course, and, um, well, what do you like about? Uh, do you get it on, on through Netflix? Uh, what, you know, here in the United States, we got it, uh, originally it debuted on uh, one of our networks on CBS, and then the next season, uh, it was very successful, but uh, the next season, it was, uh, it started on this, what's called the CW, which is a another channel, but is... Uh, affiliated with cbs and uh it moved its production to uh vancouver uh canada which is why some of the uh actors in the first season uh were unable to 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 make that transition like uh uh felicia flockhart i, I believe it was uh you know who played cat grant uh didn't return and so they had to write that in and they had a few other storyline changes as a result. Um, but I liked the show because I thought it was a relatively good adaptation from the comic book. I, I always liked, you know, I'm a big comic book fan and, and Supergirl was one of the, the uh, comics that I read in, in, in my youth and, uh, and continued to read here and there. You know, it was, it was, uh, I'm a big DC comics and a, and a big Marvel comics fan. And uh, I love to see when it gets translated to the big screen or the small screen. So uh, I liked what they did with Supergirl. I thought it was well cast. I thought uh, Melissa, um, I'm not sure how to pronounce her last name, but noise. Uh, I thought she had done a very good job. Uh, we, we had previously seen Supergirl, of course, uh, uh, we saw, you know, in a, in a film back in the 1980s. Uh, yeah. and then, we, and then we saw, uh, um, oh, I can't think of her first name, but Vander, Vanderhoot, uh, who's a beautiful Supergirl in Smallville. 
Uh, but she was kind of a co-star and we didn't get to really, you know, get into the character much. But I thought Melissa had done a very good job and, and was able to present Supergirl, you know, one of the most powerful people uh, on the planet, uh, but with vulnerability. And I, I just like that fact. I think that's what made the show work to a great degree because there was, you know, she had a lot of, of problems adjusting to being Supergirl and family issues with her her half sister who was who was human and uh it tied in with superman and they did bring in superman as a character who has since spun off on his own show which is kind of interesting that the you know supergirl being basically a spin-off character of superman uh in, in more recent times the tv show spun off of her so um and it surrounded her with a rather large cast which i think was was good at the beginning and as the six years of this uh show went on i think became a problem in my opinion um i i i think um i think the show wound up um as it should have uh i mean i'm not getting into the the finale because we don't want to provide spoilers but um i i think it concluded um where it should have because uh i i think the the writers were were finding problems with with the direction it was it was going in and uh, uh a lot of things just i don't know i i, I think uh, it, it had decent ratings to the very end but i do think that some of the storylines just didn't jive as much with the fans so um yeah, and I think I, one of the one of the problems about that is f because they used Supergirl also in a lot of crossovers of uh, the other uh, DC series like Arrow and uh, what was the other ones? Oh, uh, Flash. And Flash and oh, I, and I think I think that was really great. I think that 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 creating you know uh, within the CW universe tying it all together. Um, and, and originally, Supergirl was within her own universe, and the Flash was in his own universe, or Flash and Arrow were in a separate universe. And I think by the the very daring move of of ad adapting the Crisis on Infinite Earths, which was a very famous comic book storyline in the 1980s, uh, and kind of like cherry picking certain aspects of that and making it, you know, bringing all the universes together in you know, I think that was a brilliant move and it just put them all under, you know, the, literally under the same umbrella and, of, and and was able to also alter certain things as well, you know, to undo earlier continuity, but in a, in a way that justified, you know, the changes. So uh, including with Lex Luthor. Um, and uh, I, I think there was some very good high points of the series, but I also think that... Uh, I also think at times the story, the writers were trying to do a little too much in trying to make it contemporary. Uh, and when I say contemporary, I mean by some of the social uh, issues of the day. And and while I, I, I applaud efforts to bring, you know, social issues into storylines and, and, you know, and, and have some further meaning, I, I also think that you can overdo it and to almost get a little preachy. And I, I think, especially, I think it started around the third 
third season, fourth season, uh, I, I think the writers really just hammered it a little too much. And I, and I think it took away from some of the enjoyment and direction of the show where we were still looking to see, you know, Cara Danvers and, and, and the team there, um, you know, being, being superheroes and just in, 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 you know, there was a lot of storylines that I think were missed just with that. And, um, I, I just think that the way it was handled sometimes was just, um, not done as 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 well as it could have and i i also think there were characters that that they just didn't have a use for and didn't know what to do with and 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 james olsen was one of them um you know they 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 decided to make him the guardian and even then i think that made things more interesting but i i i don't think that in ended up working either and um and he himself decided to 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 leave the show and of course you know, one spoiler I'll give is he does make an appearance towards the end, you know, in the, in the finale. So, okay. um, you know, I, I don't think that's a big spoiler. I, I, I think we all know that towards, you know, a lot of familiar faces are going to make it into the to the finale. Um, but uh, but by and large, I, I enjoyed the show. Um, but usually when I when a show ends, I'm kind of sad. You know, I, I, I didn't feel sad with with the ending i just felt like okay it, it was supergirl's time um and it's open-ended so it's not like supergirl can't return in any future crossovers you know yeah maybe that's a spoiler too but did we really think that supergirl was going anywhere um but uh i i enjoyed the show and it brought a lot of you know um interesting characters from the comics uh, and, and a few that weren't, you know, in, in the comics uh, to light. And uh, so I, I would definitely recommend people to, 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 to watch it and, um, you know, keep an open mind. And, um, and I'm, and I, and as I said, I, I think, I think we, we haven't seen the end <laughs> of Supergirl. No, well, if it is an open end, then I've, Probably she will be coming back. I I could see her making guest appearances. Uh, I mean, uh, and just for those listening, the reason the show did end, and I think this was pretty widely publicized, was not because of the ratings, but because Melissa, uh, during the course of the pandemic, had 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 it, or maybe before the pandemic, uh, had had a baby. Uh, she's a mom now and, uh, you know, understandably wants to devote more time to being a mom. And uh, I don't know if she lived in I, I don't think she lived in Canada um, before the series, but probably, you know, didn't want to be living there, you know, as a mom and, and probably, you know, commuting back and forth. You know, I, I, I think that had something to do with the decision um, and uh, she decided, you know, it was her decision with, with the producers to uh, to conclude the, the show in its sixth season. And uh, uh, and, and I think, um, you know, I, I think that that coincided with with, uh, you know, it was obviously her decision. And I and I think it was probably a good decision overall. So which characters uh, did you say were in the series, but also in the comics? 
Oh, well, they, they had it right off the bat. They had an interesting twist on the character of Red Tornado, who is a robot or more like an android, but, but more robotic than an android. He was kind of a villain and he's he's in the comics. And, and that was the first time we ever saw a live Red Tornado. Uh, unfortunately, we never saw him again. He was only in one episode and, and he ends up exploding. Of course, they could always bring him back, but they... They also had um, uh, Lena Luthor, who was, you know, one of her close friends, but was always a very interesting character who, in the first several seasons, uh, being Lex Luthor's sister, you didn't know if you could trust or not. And they, you know, you that was one intriguing part of the series is that while she was Kara's good friend, and in a way Supergirl's good friend, you didn't know if she was going to turn. Uh, because she herself was put into situations where she was torn and you didn't know which direction you would go. And then there was a whole, uh, one of the seasons, there was a betrayal because she felt hurt that Supergirl had revealed her secret identity to other um, people in her life, but not her uh, as her good friend. And so she felt kind of betrayed by that and that was an interesting you know those are the kind of storylines i think they should have continued on with uh as opposed to some of the more social ones or or at least in the way that they presented them um but she she had a good dynamic and and she was also very well cast i'm afraid i don't know the name of the actress but she was also uh morgan lefay in uh, yeah. the show Merlin. Uh, yeah and and in many ways, shares a lot of, you know, in, in the case of Morgan Le Fay, uh, in it's that good show. That you're saying this because I, yeah, it's good that you're saying this because I also wanted to say that uh, it's, it, it was really recognizable when I saw Merlin and I was thinking, hey, that's the same mm -hmm. woman who played uh mm -hmm. and her correct is almost the same like when she played in Lorde. so that was really yeah really nice to see in a way so for her it wouldn't be that much of a change change of uh, acting right. in it. yeah she was very good at being this smart intelligent and beautiful character who you didn't quite know whether to trust or not and um, and she conveyed that very well. Um, another character who I think we really didn't have in the comics, or at least not as much, was Alex, her half sister, who uh, was uh, you know at, at first the deputy in charge of the um, uh, the agency that would be protecting the planet against you know uh, special threats supervillains and extraterrestrial threats and and alex you watched her develop over uh the years and they they dealt a little bit into obviously they delved into her her sexuality as well which was ironic because originally they were going to have her um you know uh in a relationship with um and i can't <laughs> i'm drawing a blank here because i'm talking um the, he was he was uh, they had introduced the same character who wonder woman uh battled in in wonder woman 84 um 
Lord. Okay. Uh, I can't think of his first name. Uh, J- is it Jason or is it? Um, but he had been introduced uh, and and he was one of the casualties of the second season because he didn't want to go to Vancouver. So, um, you know, and they went in a different direction with her and uh, they really explored the sister relationship back and forth. Um, you yeah, know, I think it, it is one of the strong points that they had in the whole series. It's also mm-hmm. like uh, what you said before is um, you have Supergirl who is a heroine and uh, defeat every villain that there is, but she also had the quote uh, human side and she has her own family issues and the emotions with it and etc. So I think that is one of the strongest uh, points that they had in the series because it's people can recognize and identify it with that. Well, and they also brought in some interesting um, supporting characters such as her, you know, her mother was played by the original Supergirl in the films. Her father, her adopted father rather, um, was played by Dean Cain, who was, you know, Superman in, in Lois and Clark. Mm-hmm. Um you know, uh, and, and it was too bad that, you know, he didn't come back, that they had kind of written him out. And, and I always, you know, you never saw him die off screen, but uh, you always hope that they'll bring, you know, somebody like that back if they don't if they're if they don't die on screen. And sometimes even when they do die on screen. But, uh, you know, he was a good, good uh, uh, person to have. And they had Terry Gar, who played a villainous. And mm-hmm. you had um, Kevin Sorbo. <laughs> Who was killed by Terry Gar in in one of the early seasons, and and they introduced the character of Monel, and yeah. they brought in the Legion of Superheroes, and um, a little bit different continuity from what I remember uh, from my days of reading, you know, Supergirl and Legion of Superheroes back in the seventies, um, was always that uh, Brainiac Five, uh, unlike Monel, was was her love interest. Um, and that wasn't the case here. They did something totally different, um, and they went more with Monel. Um, so, uh, and I, I thought that was a, an interesting romance. And I was wondering how they would resolve that because you kind of know that Monel has to go into back to the future at some point. But mm-hmm. you know, uh, they 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 did something totally different, and and, and I like that storyline with how they brought in Monel and how there was friction in the beginning and how they developed a romantic relationship and how that romantic relationship obviously changed and stuff like that. And, um, you know, and of course we have the first, well, I, it wasn't the first live uh, 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 Martian Manhunter. The, the first live Martian Manhunter, I believe was uh, uh, Phil Morris, uh, the son of, of, uh, well-known actor Greg Morris uh, in Smallville, uh, but they certainly utilized Martian Manhunter much better here, um, and they and they showed him a lot more as he's supposed to appear, you know, as a Martian, as Green. And I, I wish they had done it more so. There were some scenes where they just do it kind of halfway, and he has he still has his regular face uh, or his human face. Uh, but I guess that they couldn't 
do it with a mask and i guess they had to do it with cgi and that's costly so um i always liked his his uh you know his his place in the show and I always felt that if anybody he should have gotten a spin-off because i think there's so many things that you could do with his character yeah um, that and would he be could awesome be played by anybody. you know that's the thing they never they have perfect actor security because you know uh cost wouldn't seem to matter they he could become anybody uh in appearance as a human um and i just think there's so much that could be done with the martian manhunter uh of course i would go in a different direction i would i like the traditional john smith who was the martian who uh had gotten broadcasts from earth and and got hooked on old uh, detective movies and and you know uh wanted to be like the old timey 1950s Sam Spade, you know, uh, Mike Hammer kind of detective. And I think that would, would be rather interesting to see that done. Um, but uh, the actor was that they do have playing him is very well, you know, it did a great job and they gave him a different backstory, uh, but one that still made a lot of sense and still didn't contradict um you know anything established by the martian manhunter they brought in martian manhunter's family they brought in his father there was a touching scene you know scenes between he and his father um they did bring in marsh the miss marcia Mar miss martian um making her a little older because at first I was a little creeped out by the idea that what was supposed to be his niece was was becoming a love interest for him. But, you know, it's it's a different take, you know, and you have to, to go with the flow on that. So it, it was a little different. Um, and with and with Martians, they're several they live several hundred years, if not longer than that. So I, I guess the age difference didn't really make much. You know, but um uh, and let's see what other characters, their take on Mr. Mixie Pitalik, that's how I pronounce it, but I know it's, it's uh, sometimes it's Mixpitalik, but uh, more time than not, it's Mixie Pitalik, um, was, was, was interesting. I, I, I uh, was more of an ally than a pest and uh, also brought in the other character that we saw this season of, of Mixie, uh, who was definitely not uh a friendly imp uh or even a mischievous one she was dangerous so you know they they had done some interesting things and they they also recast her uh supergirl's cousin um i'm sorry her her um aunt uh in the first season and the the second season i think she she just wasn't available because she was doing a play or something and they recast her and um was played by the actress uh and usually these actress name actor and actor names are right on the top of my head and today i'm just drawing a blank left and right but the the, the actress who played uh lois lane in uh smallville so that was also a, a an interesting take um you know they had some really good actors that came into the show over, over you know in, in, in various roles yeah, I right. think so. It's just um, 
I think that is one of the reasons also that it is like a success uh, series because if you don't have the actor who can tell the story, then uh, it will not be a success. Yeah, I, and I, I think by and large, you know, they they were successful. I, I just think that perhaps towards the end, um, we were seeing a little bit too much of the other characters. And I think it got weighed down by some of these other storylines. Um, and I, I think it would have been better, you know, of course, you know, we as fans always like to sit there and, you know, what Americans would call a Monday morning uh, quarterback, you know, and say, well, if I was doing this, I would do this. So, I mean, you know, and we're, we're, we're unfortunately not in that position, but as fans, we do this all the time and we say, well, you know, instead of doing that, why didn't they do this? Or really did we need this sides, you know, this, this other storyline? Like I, I thought they put a little bit too much and I don't know how you feel about this, but, I was getting a little tired about, you know, all of Alex's romantic problems. Um, there were times when I was even tired with Kara's problems, you know, romantic problems. I was like, okay, I, I would rather see a little bit more action here, but then again, I'm a guy. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, not to be in any way sexist, but there was times I was like, and, and there was a lot of crazy between sisters. And, and it was almost like getting to the point where, oh, this is at the point where the episode is has this crying scene and even my wife who does not get into comic book you know i've, I've dragged her to a few movies mm -hmm. um you know mo uh superhero based movies and she drives me crazy because it was a marvel movie and i had brought her previously to wonder woman and that and she kept on saying when does wonder woman come in when does wonder i was like honey this is you're not going to see wonder woman this is a marvel movie and that's dc but you, but anyway, she came down one day and it was you know, like, saw one of the crying scenes. And then like two weeks later, came, you know, came downstairs again while I was watching it and said, oh, you're watching Supergirl. This is the, this is the, the crying show, right? You know, so um, I, I do think that, you know, in my opinion, I think there was a little bit too much of that, but maybe other fans disagree. You know, uh, that's just my view. I, I, I think there was, I think that kind of fell into a, uh, a pattern, you know? Yeah. Um, I know what you mean. I, I, I agree to that. It's just sometimes it's a little bit too much. I, I mean, I know comic books, uh, you know, in comic book based shows always lend themselves a little bit to some soap opera. And, and I understand that it usually adds to the show. But I think with Supergirl, they got into a rut. Um, I think one of the better things to happen towards the end of the show was their introduction of John Cryer as as Luthor. And, uh, uh, well, some pronounce it Luther, but I, I still remember the original 1960s Superman cartoon that always pronounced it that way. And that's gotten into my head. So, you know, um, but I, I liked the way he played the character. And, uh, you know, he, he had previously been in, uh, I believe it was Superman 3. Uh, or, or was it the, the, the Superman 4? No, it had to be Superman 3. Because, you know, Gene Hackman was, was, was back as, as 
Lex Luthor. Uh, and he played his Lex Luthor's nephew. So it was kind of ironic that he would, you know, they, they brought him in to play Luthor himself, um, especially now that he was bald. So it was, it was perfect. And um, I thought he was a good addition and uh, definitely ruthless and everything that you would expect from, from, from Luthor. So, um, and, uh, and Mixie this season was, was pretty devious. I thought they had some really good villains. Um, so overall, you know, it, 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 it had a good run and, uh, you know, I just think that on, on unfortunately it, it got into a few ruts. So is there a, a character that you like or can identify yourself with? Hmm. Um, well, you know, um, I felt, I, I will say I felt bad for the, the, uh, the character. I think the character that many, many of us might identify with, you know, uh, being a non-superpowered one was the, uh, the character who was the toy man's, um, uh, son who was originally working at Kent. Uh, at Grant, uh, the Catco, uh, the, where where uh, Kara works, and uh, you know he was kind of the tech geek. Not that I am in any way a tech geek, mm-hmm. but I I just thought that he was this regular guy, and was by virtue of the various storylines, got involved with everything that was happening with all these superpowered people, and and he's helping them in the way he can help them with through his technical expertise and, uh, you know, gets involved in all these crazy situations that are way above, you know, uh, you know, his, his depth and, uh, by little by little gets to be one of their top helpers to the point where he gets, you know, where he replaces Brainiac five and he goes off into the future and that's how they did the transition and left Brainiac five. So I, I think I, I could kind of identify with that because he's, I think he was supposed to be the audience, you know, he was supposed to be that, that everyday guy that like, look what's happening around us, um, kind of person. Um, I loved Martian Manhunter, as I said before. Um, and you know, Monel, who was like the Superman who wasn't Superman, you know, that he had powers, but he wasn't sure how to use them. Um, you know, so I, I like that. And I, and I also like, you know, you know, as far as male characters, you know, I, I like their, their interpretation of Brainiac 5. You know, he, he's struggling to be yeah. more human, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, and he had failings, but, you know, failings and feelings um, because he didn't he, he ended up betraying them at one point in a way because he didn't want to um, because he, he felt trapped, you know, uh, he didn't know how to uh, save them without actually having to uh, compromise his his values. So uh, I, I thought that was an interesting take as well. So I think that the um, the so much drama between or love drama between of uh, of Alex Denver. But also of Kara um, makes them say, I think, that there's also a human side of this all. 
And I think they when they did that with Brainiac, is that uh, I think they will, would like to show the people that uh, it doesn't matter who you are or what you are, if, if you are an alien or if you come from Mars or whatever, everyone has drama and everyone has those feelings. So it's normal. Yes. And I, and I, I really think Supergirl tried very hard and did in fact accomplish the idea of addressing um, inclusiveness and uh you know they the and diversity i mean no one can say that that show did not go full out in trying to present that theme that that you're not alone that even with your differences everyone has differences um be it gender um race uh being from another planet i i mean we saw even racial tensions within other alien species are they they, you know, it, it, it became known that um, aliens exist and uh, and that they that they were having immigration issues. I mean, I think they, they went out of their way to parallel some issues that we have in, you know, clearly in my country and, and, and throughout the world. And I think they, you know, I think they did it very well. I, I, I think at times they hit you over the head with it. Um, and, and, you know, I think sometimes you can get a message across being more subtle than you can with, with hitting you over the head. But, but I do applaud them for, for making a conscientious effort to, to do those kind of storylines. Um, because it was definitely something different that we hadn't always seen, at least not to that extent, you know? And, um, and I did like the storyline with, with Alex and, you know, and her partner wanting to, to you know wanting to have children well first her her first partner who didn't want to have a child um and that was a real life storyline that 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 in that sense i didn't mind there being you know a little bit of the the romance issue because it brought out something different like how a, how a character who's involved with with any form of law enforcement uh especially you know trying to protect the planet um also wants a real life and wants to have a, you know, a life where they can be um, a parent uh, and, 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 and a partner to someone. And, uh, and it was interesting because, you know, uh, Maggie, her, her girlfriend at the time didn't want that, you know, wanted to marry her, but didn't want to, to have that. And that's something that many couples face. Um, you know, the decision of, you know, we want to be a couple, but one may want to have a child and one doesn't. And that's not something you see addressed in, in many comic books, much, you know, much less a comic book based TV series. So I, I thought that was interesting. And, you know, and, and later on that, that issue, that storyline gets brought back up. And that's, that's all I'll say about that if, if people haven't watched this season yet. But, uh, you know, I, I thought that was was an a interesting aspect to bring up. I do also like the um, the relationship Kara has with uh, John, the uh, Marsh um, alien. Um, it was really, yeah, like I said, it's just 
he is an alien, but he becomes family. Yeah, and... yeah, and we got to see his family too, and it was, and and his in his adopted family as well. You know, the people around him, like Alex, like Kara, who you know becomes, and and there's a very touching scene in the finale, which I won't go into. That does involve him, and you know, uh, it, it it's a very tender scene, and it's and it it, it works well. Um, I, I won't say that some of the scenes where you well up and and you cry aren't effective because they they were there were some very good scenes over the years uh where where they you know where they touched emotions very very well um and we saw some interesting aliens over the years i mean we yeah. saw linda carter <laughs> linda carter playing you know the president and it was at an interesting time because you know in my country at that time we were having an election and we thought very much that we could that we might be having a, a you know a, a our first female president and uh you know in in supergirl they had a female president who was also our first you know alien president but we didn't know at the time uh and and we love uh, you know i remember you know because in my country at that time you know a very contentious time of who you're voting for and i i forgot what the what linda's carter's uh name was uh character's name was but i i just kept on saying that's who i'm voting for i want to vote for linda car you know i want to vote for her for president and then we found out that she was an alien i said well i'd still vote for her as president um oh, the, uh, outside of the other two real life candidates but but uh but uh yeah it was i i and bruce boxleitner became the the next president after that was discovered bruce boxleitner being you know well known as uh commander sheridan in babylon 5 yeah um and and, and of course in tron and uh and uh, uh you're probably too young to remember this but he was also in um shortly after the success of raiders of the lost ark uh, there were two, two shows patterned, two TV shows patterned after uh, after the the Raiders of the Lost Ark, and one of them was called Bring Them Back Alive, which was based on an, an actual, real life person, and it was very Indiana Jones like, and Bruce Boxleitner <laughs> was was the type, you know, the character, and um, and his co-star from Tron um, was the coast. It was the co-star in that show. And uh, yeah, so that was interesting. Uh, and he plays a bad guy in this one. He plays kind of a, you know, corrupt, you know. But uh, no, they really, they really cast well. I will say that. Yeah. I, I can't think of any, you know, I, I don't. I think James, the the actor who played James Olsen, I don't think that character worked. I'm not going to blame the actor himself. I just don't think he, they knew what to do with him when they wrote him. And I think they boxed him into a hole, too. I always thought that they should have written him as um, John John Irons, uh, John Henry Irons, uh, who played, who's the character of Steel. Because one, he physically looked like him. And two, would have made a you know, much more interesting character to include in, in the series. Mm -hmm. uh, but then again, they had Martian Manhunter sort of taking on that that protector role of of Kara. So perhaps that was, you know, that was not 
considered. And and ironically, this season with the the new Superman uh, series that debuted, they did bring Steel into that show. So, you know, we, we finally got say, it. I must say that I really did like the episodes with Superman in it, and it was really nice to see that. Also here, they. Uh, you could see that, uh, yeah, they were cousins and that they have a lot in common and they are um, the same, uh, hey, what, a week from Krypton, uh, Krypton. Yeah, they, they, they did some great casting for that. I know a lot of fans uh, loved uh, his portrayal, you know, the actor's portrayal of, of Superman and uh, any time that he appeared, um, you know, was was just something a little special. And yet at the same time, Superman never quite outshined Supergirl in, in her own show. Yeah. Um, so, you know, to the point where I think they even had a battle and she won, which, I, you know, I thought was a little hokey. But then again, you know, um, it was her show. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I thought that was very well done, very well cast. And um, a lot of, you know, people that I know who are fans of, of, of the CW superhero shows always told me they, they liked his portrayal of Superman more than the, the big screen <laughs> version. Um, and I can, I can see that. Um, and, and the, the new soup, the, the new series that he's in, I, I, you know, has surprised a lot of fans in the direction that, that it, it went to and has been a, a big hit. So, you know, while we won't have Supergirl, uh, this year, this coming year as, you know, on the small screen, at least not in our own series, you know, we're, we're happy to have Superman and Lois and, and, and their two kids. <laughs> Um, I think um, we're almost at the end of the episode. Is there something you'd like to add? Um, no, I, 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 I just encourage everyone to, um, to, to check out this season and see how they feel about the, the finale. Uh, maybe they, they'll come away with it a little differently than I did. But, uh, you know, I just, I, I, I'm glad you gave me this opportunity to, you know, to, to blabber on as long as I have, because um, it, it's been an interesting show for me that I, I recall, you know, from start to finish. And while I, you know, maybe I am a little sad that it's no longer there, but I, I do think that it, it, it's time kind of came to a, to a good conclusion and, uh, you know, and I, I'll, I'll, for the most part, I have very fond memories of the, of the series, and uh, and and enjoyed it. So, you know, looking forward to other CW translations from the comics and seeing what comes next. Well, I do think that this show also uh, empower little girls who are watching it to do and aspiring to do great things. Yes, yes, it did. Yes, and I guess I'm I'm looking at it from the point of view of just you know a regular comics fan. But and and the show always did try to and I think accomplished presenting that 
females, you know, they're just as much, if not more so, you know, heroines are just as important as, as the other heroes. And, and finally, Supergirl, you know, although we had a Wonder Woman TV series and the Bionic Woman and some of the other earlier shows, but Supergirl, you know, I think in many ways paved the way um, in the more current CW lineup to have shows like Stargirl and to have, um, you know, Batwoman. Um, and, and also, you know, while Legends is more of an ensemble show, clearly Legends of Tomorrow, which yeah. could be the focus of a, of a future show for you if you do it, um, you know, has a lot of dominant uh, characters who are female and who do an incredible job um, to make that show as fun as it is. Um, but when I when I was young and Supergirl the movie came out, uh, I was really thinking, well, wow, there is a woman who has girl power, and she is the. I thought in that movie she was the niece of uh, Superman. So yeah, I was really empowered to. Uh, it was a, a lesson of girls can do things uh, what boys can do too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and I, I always, I, I collected a lot of comics, especially in the seventies when I really started it into the eighties and into the nineties and maybe tapering off a little during the two thousands. But I do remember from all the many titles from both comic, comic companies that I bought, you know, comics from, um, that it didn't matter to me uh, whether, you know, like I wouldn't not buy a comic because it was had a female character in it. I just thought that, you know, it, it, you could tell that it was written sometimes differently. Um, and I sometimes wondered why, you know, I mean, clearly there was some differences, but I would pick up copies of things like, you know, Spider-Woman and She-Hulk. And I think one of my favorites, one of the most, you know, and I and I hope someday they bring her into the CW or or a DC movie is is the the obscure character of Black Orchid, who was a very mysterious character, um, and I I thought that she was done very well, and um, another character who was a backup in the Lois Lane comic that I that I also bought uh, back when Lois this is early 70s when she had her own comic book. They had a backup character, a backup strip called uh, Rose and the Thorn, who I always thought would make such an interesting character in. Um, I always hoped they would bring her into Supergirl because um, she had a split personality. She didn't even know she was a, a super, you know, and she didn't really have any superpowers. She was just, you know, very athletic and had some extra gimmicks and, and, and stuff like that. But, but, had you know um a split personality because her father was either a judge or a police officer who was killed and and she was you know the shock of it all and at times she would you know but i don't know i think that could have been handled sensitively these days with you know but at the same time would make for a really cool character um called you know rose and the she was rose and then she was the thorn as the as the superhero and so or superhero however you want to maybe someday we'll see it 
Yeah, we maybe we uh, we have to wait for that. Um, well, Bob, thank you for this lovely conversation. It was really nice to chat with you and uh, hear about your opinion about S Supergirl. And uh, who knows to another episode? I'm sorry? Who's the... And maybe to tell another episode. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I would love to be, you know, I would love to be back for another episode to talk about, you know, anything that you want. And I, I'm definitely a, a big follower of the CW superhero shows, but I'm a big, big Star Trek fan. I literally run a, a fan club in the United States uh, here, um, a chapter of Starfleet, the International Star Trek Fan Association, and my club's the USS Challenger. So I'm a big fan of that, and uh, you know I, I'm an all-around geek. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fan, of, a fan of a lot of things, and and I, you know, as you can tell, I I, I have opinions on a lot of things. So you know, mm, <laughs> yeah. Well, it was nice talking to you, and well, being in the atmosphere of Star Trek, live long and prosper. Thank you. You as well. Happy holidays. Dear listeners, I'd like to thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope you like it, and I try to be the first as much as I can. Tell me what you think how I'm doing with this podcast. If you have any tips for me how I can do things better, let me know. If you'd like to talk about this episode or want to comment on this episode, you can reach out on Podbean, the Facebook group, the YouTube channel, and the Discord server of Orlando Talks Fancy and Sci-Fi. I also have a Twitter account, especially for this podcast, at OTFASP. Orlando Talks Fantasy and Sci-Fi is also to listen, follow, and subscribe on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcast, the Facebook group, and the YouTube channel. In the next episode, we will talk about sliders. I'm your host, Orinda. Thank you for listening, and I will see you next time. Thank you.